0: God bless you. Be seated if you're not already. Thank you, Paul. Take your Bibles out if you would, please. <clears throat> We're going to be in several passages today. Find Romans 12 if you would. When you find Romans 12 find Psalm 139 Psalm 139 Romans 12 Psalm 139 If you're here today and it's your first time being here today, thanks for coming. My name's Jeff and I'm glad you're here. You passed great churches to get here and we're blessed that you pulled into our parking lot, so thank you. It's good to be in God's house, huh? Thank you, Trey and the band. We've been talking about the church. We've been talking about the bride of Christ. We've been talking about the big church. We've been talking about the local church, specifically talking about living water because you know we we certainly have a role to play and a place and a purpose and a mission we've covered so much ground today i want to i want to tell the rest of the story as it were we'll open with passage we've opened with for about ten weeks now. I, I promise this was a four-week study. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Has it helped anybody? Have you got anything from yes. well, we'll... Praise the Lord. In Paul's writing in 2 Corinthians <clears throat> chapter 11, Verse 1 and 2, we have read this every week. Hopefully you have embraced the reality that we are God's plan A and there is no plan B. We are His bride. Paul wrote this, I hope you will put up with a little more of my foolishness. Please bear with me, I ask you today. Please bear with me. and I hope you can put up with some more of my foolishness. Paul said, I'm jealous for you with the jealousy of God himself. Uh, and, then he, and then he makes this huge statement. I promised you as a pure bride. Everybody say pure bride. Pure. That's what we're shooting for. We're not shooting for Perfection. Amen? Because we can't hit that mark. I promise you as a pure bride to one husband. Everybody say one husband. Yeah, it's just one. Pure bride to one husband, Christ. (laughs) Last week we talked about the mission of the church and we established through his word that the mission of the church, the mission of the church, capital C, and the mission of Living Water Dayton is to proclaim, it is to declare, it is to witness. We read Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Just as a reminder, let's set the stage. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. All authority. Jesus Christ made that statement. That's a huge statement. I have been given all authority. Therefore, because of that, because I've been given all authority, because I just told you that, you know, you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands, all the commands, all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age we are to declare we are to proclaim and we have been given some things through scripture to declare and proclaim first of all we should declare and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ today however i want to talk about the church's struggle the church's struggle what is the church's constant struggle there's a there's a uh, there's something In the church, in the local church, in the big church, in every one of us, there's something that we can kind of have a hold of for a little while, and then it appears as if it, it slips through our fingers like sand. What is the church's constant struggle? I would suggest to you that it is maintaining unity. Maintaining unity. It's a struggle, yeah? It's a struggle. I, I look, look I, don't, I don't care if you're a church, a parachurch organization, a secular organization. Keeping everybody pointed in the same direction is very hard. Because we're humans. And we have these ideas that are better than the ideas of whoever's doing the talking. And I would say for living water, in most cases, that's probably right. <laughs> but unity is something we should strive for. Amen. We should, we should run after it. We should want it. Uh, y- unity is, obviously, it, 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 it means we should be united. We should be a united front. We should be saying the same thing. And, and I'm not saying we're clones. I'm not, I'm not saying you need to be me and I need to be you. That, that That's nothing how the first... Century Church was designed, developed, and executed. It, it, it's not that at all, but it is, however, very important that we are on the same page, that we are like-minded, that we are in one accord. you follow me? So, so that, that, that's incredibly important. And, and, and Paul uses the example in Romans chapter 12 of, uh, of the human body. He says in chapter 12, verse 4, your Bible and my Bible says this, Romans twelve four. just as our bodies have many parts and each part has special function, so it is with Christ's body. And Christ's body is who? The church, yes? So, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other, the, the, the human body, the, the spiritual body, the, the the supernatural body, the church of Jesus Christ, it, it, it is to be united, it is to be whole, it is to be one. And man gets in the way of that sometimes and will draw some lines and put up some walls and some fences, but that wasn't God's design either. We are one, just like our body is one. Nothing in the world that we can experience with our natural senses Saved, lost, church, unchurched—nothing is more amazing, more miraculous, more wonderful. Nothing inspires awe like the human body. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing can move an individual like the birth of a child. You take the you take the baddest dude in the town, and you know the, the rock solid guy that. Said he'll never laugh and never cry you let his kid be born yeah he's a he's a, he's a kitty cat in Psalm 139 I'd ask you to go there I'll, obviously it'll be on the screen behind me but I, 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 want you to, I want you to feel this so I want you to follow along I'll, I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation you, you just follow along in whatever translation you're using they all say it the same way In Psalm 139, David is trying to communicate how inspired and how amazed he is at life. At the creation of life. That, as as John read right before... We all met each other and had our welcome. He's got a plan. And he he had that plan before the beginning of time. Amen. Amen. And that was a very timely scripture to read. He had no idea what I was speaking on today. God did. Amen. Amen. I want you to feel this, please. Psalm 139, beginning in verse 13. David declares, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was Woven together in the dark of the womb. Verse 16. You saw me before I was born. Now, just grasp this. And every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed nothing about you or about me has surprised God ever. Nothing that has happened in the church or outside the church has surprised God ever. Ever. And I'm trying to draw a parallel, as I'm sure you're already aware, of the human body and the spiritual body of the church. And and, and you've all heard messages on it, and, and I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go one step farther, and you know, the, as I, as I told Kim what I was speaking on, and gave her my notes, and it was, uh, th- th- this is not a, a church 101 message, if you will, th- th- before you think, I, I think I'm think i going to talk over your heads, I'm not. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank, no, thank you, because if you expect that, you'll be sorely disappointed. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't mean that it, it is out of reach of those who have recently came to know Christ. What I am saying is, is it something that we don't talk about in the church, but, well, it's living water, so there's that. The human body is created to be whole, amen. The spiritual body, the church has been created to be whole, yes? And, 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 and we know the parallels, the hands, the ears, the sense of smell, the, the taste, the touch, the, the feet and hands, they all work together in the natural body to get things accomplished and to create movement, amen, amen. So it is in the, in the church. It, 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 amen. And only the wisdom of God and the, and the power of God can sustain that. And, and, and only the wisdom of God and the power of God can give an account for the inner workings of the human body. Amen. Likewise, only the wisdom of God and the power of God can explain the workings of the spiritual body we could explain it, it wouldn't be faith. And if we could explain it, we would be God. In three of the letters that Paul wrote to the church, churches, in, in, in three of them, he uses the parallel of the members of the physical body to illustrate the spiritual relationship between the church and Jesus. He, he does it in Romans and 1 Corinthians and in Ephesians. He he, he used that body member relationship, human and spiritual. And he, Paul being the master of illustrations and object lessons, second only to Jesus, he broke it down for us so we could understand the big picture by looking at our human body. And then comparing it as its function to the spiritual body. Christ is the head. Christ is the head. And every true Christ follower, every true born again believer is part of that body, is a member of the body. But Christ is the head. Where the head goes, the body goes. Amen? Yeah, we got to remember that. In the natural and in the physical, where the head goes, the body goes. In the spirit, the Holy Spirit of living God is the life. It is the union, if you will. It's the the consciousness of the body. The the Holy Spirit is, is the brains of the operation, if you will. And as each member of the body reproduces itself in the local church, then each local church Reproduces herself as part of the big church, thus increasing the kingdom. So 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 we've got to have an understanding that we have a responsibility to reproduce. You still with me? Yeah, yeah. And what he's trying to emphasize is the fact that the church, that is the body of Christ, has all the functions of the whole body. Now they're diverse. In their nature, just like your human body, your physical body, although it's diverse, but each local church is a living, organic part of the whole church. And and I think sometimes we can, and we don't, we don't, we don't mean to, and it's not that we're trying to put God in a box, but sometimes we 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 can forget that you know Jesus ain't a Sunday thing, and. And and there's something bigger than us. We forget sometimes, or at least we lose sight of, when we all have. That it is. It is a high responsibility to be a part of the body, and you've got a function, in what it is you're designed to do. see a lot of people all they want is they they want they want to be the neck they'll, they'll submit to Christ being the head but they want to be the neck i'm i don't want to be the neck i'm i'm okay if i'm the feet i just want i'll, I'll follow i'll just follow god i'll just follow you 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 lead i'll follow we can lose sight of it. We're all guilty of it. And I'm not saying that to make you feel bad, but we've got to be aware of it. see, it's God's design and it's completely God's plan that we are united as a body. It is. Or to say it differently, that we are whole. That we're healthy. Likewise, it's God's design that we are not divided in our natural bodies, as I just threw my back out. As, and, and we're not divided in our natural bodies, but, but that we're whole. When you and I were saved, we became part of the family of Christ, the body of Christ. We, when we're saying whether you spent six months after you were saved trying to find a church or not, you're still in the church, <laughs> We've got we've to get that. Living Water or any local church is, 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 is just an offshoot, if you will, of the bigger church. And, and what we do in here, what we teach in here, what we say in here affects the bigger church. L- let me go a little deeper. What we do in our homes, what we say in our homes affects the local church, which affects the bigger church, which affects the kingdom of God. I don't don't want to affect it negatively. Amen. I want to affect her positively. Yes. We, We are a vital part of the body of Christ. Amen. And you know what? There's not a thing the devil can do about it. We're a vital part of the church. The body of Christ. You are a vital part. Ain't nothing the devil can do. I'm a vital part. Ain't nothing the devil can do about it. Only I can sabotage me. Only you can sabotage you. I'm gonna have a seizure. I don't. I don't know. I, Trey's probably somewhere trying something out. I don't. Know. Robbie, Rob always, Rob coming to the rescue. Man, what? He's my chemo savvy. I say here's the thing. As soon as I said devil can't do nothing about it. He tries to cause a distraction. But see, living water gets it, man. It gets it. It's like, you go on and preach, man. We'll get a light show while you're preaching. I'm down. I ain't worried about it. I ain't worried worried about it. I'm seriously not worried about it. I'll go get my sunglasses. I'll I'll preach the junk out of this message. Thank you, Robbie. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Bollinger. He'll get me for that right there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just so you get more handclaps. <laughs> we are part of the whole body, and our, our function, our responsibility, our our calling, our cre- point of being created—it it's it, it's for a bigger picture than just us. We'll, we will have a sense of unity. We'll have a. sense of communion, when when we understand our our role, when we understand the importance and the parallel between the human body and the spiritual body, we'll have a sense of unity and communion. We'll all work together and we'll work corporately for each other, for the greater good. Ultimately, we're working for each other, but for our husband, Jesus Christ, yes, we will move as one. We're all for each and each for all. We'll all take directions from the head. His name is Jesus. And that's when we'll make monumental progress. Amen? Yeah. That, that, that's, that's, when, that's when we start getting excited. That's when, that's when you, you feel like you're in step. That's when you, you feel like you're hitting on all cylinders. That's when you, you, you feel momentum. Yes? Unity is what drives that. Living water is no different than any other church that God had in mind. We need to have all the functions of the great church, the big church, just as the body of each person has all the human faculties and members. The members are designed for purpose. Each function has to work in unity. And if any part or any member of my human physical body, any part that is not working correctly in its function creates dysfunction. So it is in the church. If, if any part of the big church or the local church is not functioning correctly correctly, uh, regardless of what it is, uh, you may uh, have it categorized as something itty bitty or something huge. It doesn't matter. It's a dysfunction because we are working outside of how we're supposed to function. You still here? Yeah. And those that have tried to think this through—they, I mean, listen. I'm I'm talking to mostly church folk here today, saved people and. You, you, can, you can completely embrace the picture of the body and the natural and how it compares to the spiritual body. This is, this is, you're, you're still waiting on me to say something you ain't never heard. I guess, I'm probably not going to do that. But, but I, I'm, I'm reminding you that you, you, you know this is true. Yeah, you, you know this is true. This ain't something you're still trying to work through. You know there is a comparison. You read it when Paul writes it and you get excited. Because you feel like, hey, there's a place for me. There's a, there's a place for me. I, I I can't do what Trey does, but, but I can do what I do Amen. based on what God has gifted and given. Amen. Amen. Uh, I, I, I mean, we, we don't have a we don't we don't we don't have a problem making that parallel. The the eyes are designed to see both spiritually and naturally. Yes? Yeah. Okay. Paul Paul said again and again, open your eyes. God, open their eyes, he prayed. They may see. The ears are created to hear. Jesus said again and again, those who have let them We have no problem making the parallel between the hearing of the natural ears and the hearing of the spiritual ears. We have no problem with that. Hands were designed to work and serve. We, we, we know that in, in the natural. We understand that in the spiritual. We have no problem with that. Feet are created for movement. We get that in the natural. In the spiritual, man. Beautiful are the feet of those who go and spread the good news. But most of the time, that's where we stop. and And, and, and me included, because... You know, there's, any preacher knows, there's your four points right there. Eyes, ears, hands, feet. Usually usually it's a message trying to stir to get people doing something. And we'll, we'll preach a minute and we'll shout a bit, but then we move on. And we fail to remember that there are more members of my body than my eyes, ears, hands, and feet. And when, 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 when Paul and when Christ made the parallel between the human body and the church, he, he didn't just single out those four. The body. That's the whole body. It's the whole body. I mean, nobody stands up and preaches about the digestive system. Yes? Until today. <laughs> the human body, d- d- are, are, we're talking about unity, are, are, are we united? Does you understand that I'm talking in parallel between the human body and the spiritual body. Does anybody disagree with that? Uh, speak now or forever hold your peace. Okay. The digestive system, the human body uses the power of digestion, if you will, to break down what we take in into a form that can be absorbed and we can use it for food. We can use it for fuel. We can use it to keep going. If you're not feeding your body, you'll begin to slow down You'll eventually become ineffective, and then you'll die. Well, since we agree that the parallel is the parallel, then we have to agree that we have to continue to eat. We have to continue to take in. I love what my favorite prophet Jeremiah wrote in chapter 15, verse 16. He said, and these verses are on the screen. Just write that down on your notes. I know you're taking notes on your worship guide. Write this down. When your words came, I ate them, Jeremiah said. I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. When your words came, I ate them. I ate them. I ate them, and they were my joy. And they brought delight to my heart. Ezekiel wrote in chapter 3, talking about God, and he said to me, eat what is before you, eat this scroll, then go and speak. No, hold on. Eat the scroll, eat the word, then go and open your mouth. Eat eat, eat the word, digest it, then go and speak. Verse 2, so I opened my mouth, he gave me the scroll to eat, and then he said to me, eat it. Cause I'm giving you this to fill your stomach with it, so I ate it, and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. You gotta take it in. You got. You gotta take it. You gotta take it. If, if, if in fact the human body must be united with itself and whole, and the spiritual body must be united and whole. It's, it's so much bigger than the eyes and the ears and the hands and the feet. Amen. Amen. Just, 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 just stay with the, the digestive process the, begins with the mouth. It, uh, if, if you're relatively healthy, I know there's some workarounds, but if you're relatively healthy, the digestive process begins with the mouth. Even before eating begins, the anticipation of eating stimulates glands in our mouth that produces saliva. But before you ever bring in what it is you're going to bring in, you start anticipating what it is you're about to receive. God, I hope you, we're talking about the natural and the spiritual here. My mouth waters when I walk in the house and mom's had something in the crock pot all day. Bless God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Uh, uh, Oh, I have equal level of yearning when I get to approach his word and I'm going to take it in and I'm going to consume it. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to take it all in. And, and, And the digestive system in the human body And if we believe there is a parallel, and you said there was, so you can't get out of it now. The digestive system carries out two processes, primarily mixing what you take in and moving what you take in. Mixing what you take in and moving what you take in. Digestion is how the body turns the things that you take in into useful things and it uses it for energy, and it uses it for growth, and it uses it for repairing broken cells, which are the very smallest parts of your body. Amen. It, 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 you, 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 you take things in, and, and through absorption, it, it begins to heal, and it begins to fix the things that are broken. So it is with the word. You bring it in and you absorb it. It begins to fix the things in the body that is broken. Mm. But we forget that there's another function of the digestive system. You're like, are you ever going to stop being a youth pastor? No. No, this is a youth pastor message, probably. But, well, I know you, so you're on board. We forget that there's another function of the body's digestive system, and it's the one we don't want to discuss, and it's the one that, you know, preachers aren't going to breach this subject. It is not going to do it. I, 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 Yeah, we are, because the elimination of things that could cause us harm If it's not eliminated it'll back up if 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 it's not working properly, if things aren't hitting on all cylinders and if the the, the parallel of the human body and the spiritual body is in fact indeed accurate and it is then 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 there are things that we take in this word and there are things that we we use God uses to keep us healthy and strong and moving forward and then there are things that Needs to be eliminated, evacuated. Are you with me? And they're removed from the body, or if they're not removed, if listen. Instead of instead of nutrients getting taken throughout the body via the blood, then poison will be unleashed and go all through the body. If your digestive system is not working as it is designed. I know that's hard to amen. Because of what you're amening. And you, you might be thinking, what's with the biology lesson? First of all, it ain't. I didn't do well in biology. Clearly not in English either. But, 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 but to get to my point, for so long, the church has been operating with, with, with kind of a robotic mindset that, that's trying to process partial information. We, we've had it ingrained in us that, that unity is good and division is bad. You got quiet. That's how I know I'm doing a rat thing. We, 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 we've, we've kind of taken this in, that, that, that unity, good. U- unity, good. Division, bad but the vision isn't bad if God does it and it's done through the act of the church word we love to use and it's called pruning it makes us feel better to say pruning it it's the same thing you're Eliminating something that is not going to, uh, see, because if you leave it, it's going to jack up the whole tree, right? I mean, we get that, yes, yes, Jeff, amen, well, therefore, because that's true, and since the parallel between the human and the spiritual body are are, are what it is, then, then it's clear that that division is not bad. We, we just don't want to call it that. We call it pruning. And if that makes you feel better, that's awesome. But you need to hear me. We got to stop confusing divi- confusing division with divisiveness. There's a difference. I said there's a difference. We got to stop confusing, confusing division with divisiveness. Look at your worship guide or the screen behind me. The definition of division. Look at it: the act or process of dividing. Propagation by dividing parts and planting segments capable of producing roots and shoots. It's a good thing. A state of separation necessary for the greater good. I never understood why Kim would go out when I'm like, man, your your flowers look great, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah, and she'll go and twist the tops off of them bad boys. I'm like, why are you, wait, what? No, you have to do that. You have to do that for it to propagate. Division's healthy in that regard. In terms of the body, division's healthy if God's in it. We're not talking divisiveness here, we're talking division. Are you with me? And we got to understand the difference. So if that's division, then what's divisiveness? It's creating disunity and causing dissension. Those aren't the same thing. Division and divisiveness are not the same thing. Because God wants to eliminate some things. Amen, Jeff. We get all worked up when division happens because we're operating with the wrong mindset. We should get excited because it's got to happen before growth can take place. You amen the junk out of that. So don't, don't stop on me now. It's got to happen. Either it does or it doesn't or the body is or it isn't. The beautiful picture of our relationship with Christ in the church. If it is, it is. If it ain't, then I'm wrong. But we've been taught that God brings unity and the devil divides. And I, and I get it. The devil brings divisiveness. Yes. And unfortunately, when that divisiveness has been consumed, it usually results in division. And although I understand the concept of thinking that the devil divides and God brings unity, it's just not a complete biblical principle. To to, to divide, to divide what should be divided and unite what should be united requires wisdom beyond you or me. Beyond you or me. That's why when the doctor finds something and it says it's gotta, this, this has this this has to, this, it's, gotta, it's gotta be taken off. It's gotta be, it's gotta be removed from your body or it will spread and it will. You might get a second opinion, but there's a level of us, rightfully so, that trusts the one that knows more than you know. So you schedule it and you go in for pruning. (laughs) And thus it is taken off. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah. Union of dissimilar elements, they can cause a real problem. And that's why it takes the wisdom of God. That's why Jesus must be the head in both the natural body and the spiritual body, Jesus has to be the head because his ways are higher, his, his thoughts are higher. That's, that's why we, we're just in awe of him because he, 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 he's, he sees way more than we see and we got to follow even when we don't see or understand. Amen. Amen. Maintaining unity is a constant battle but I, 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 I think sometimes we're fighting for the wrong thing. See, see, God will bring the unity as well as the division in order to keep the body whole. See, arbitrary division of elements that are alike, it's problematic. In other words, you, you you just can't be sitting around at home and decide... I'm going to cut three of my fingers off. If I'm too deep, let me know. You're not going to sit around and say, you know what? I got ten toes. Do I need ten? Really. My shoes would fit better if I just, you know, had three on each foot. Arbitrary division of like things for no reason is problematic physically and spiritually yeah <laughs> and it's true in every area of our life in every aspect be it moral sacred scientific etc cetera, etc cetera, even spiritual think about it the first divider to ever the First divider to ever enter the scene of eternity was God. In Genesis chapter one and verse four. It says, And God saw the light, and it was good. And God. I'm sorry, what? Divide. God divided. The light from the dark. And then in verse 7 of the same chapter, God made his space to divide the waters of the earth from the water of the heavens. Why did God do this? Because light and darkness are incompatible. They both can't exist. Yes? So so are, are we are we gonna are we going to then freak out that God divided the light from the dark? No. Because we trust the Creator, the Designer. Amen. It, 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 listen, listen. In, 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 in the quest for unity, you, you, you have to understand that if, if, if it was easy, then there would never be an issue with it. It's not easy. It's not easy because of the pruning, because of the division that is created. By our father because of divisiveness yes yes yeah yeah if, if God had not divided the light and the dark we would have had neither and I, I think this is the problem and I know I probably sound like a grandpa now but it's the problem with the world today and it's crept into the church we've tried to unify things that God wants divided <laughs> and humans have been doing it since sin entered the world and it was sin that brought about the confusion think about this go to Matthew please I know I only gave you two but go to, go to Matthew I want you to see this go to Matthew uh, go to Matthew 13 please that's it's after Amos, because that was where I was looking for some reason. <laughs> Chapter 13. I love to hear pages turning. You don't hear that much anymore. That wasn't a bad. I just mean because we all have devices. Are you still with me this morning? You still got... Okay. How are we doing so far? You we, we got a bunch of questions written down? You are going to email me? That's cool. That's cool if you do, because I get it. I get it, because you ain't never... The, the, the digestive system, you just probably went your whole life and never heard that from the pulpit. <laughs> That's true. Thank you. <clears throat> but I don't know that you can argue it unless you're the one being dis- divisive. <laughs> it's either a picture, the body's either a picture of our union, if you will. Physically, it's either a picture of that and our union with our creator, or it isn't. And we can't just pick and choose the things we want to pick and choose. I've said it a gazillion times. That might have been an exaggeration. I don't know. Matthew 13, 24, if you got it, say amen. amen. Another parable Jesus put forth to them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, His enemy came, and he sowed tares among the wheat, and he went his way. He sowed tares among the wheat, and he just rolled. Verse 26, but when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. But at the risk of dragging this out, you and I know that Jesus one day is gonna separate the wheat and the tares. Because we ain't smart enough to do it on our own. Come on. I'm not. No, that's why we need the wisdom of the head. Uh huh. Nod your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need the wisdom of the head. There's not a question that tares are going to get sowed with the wheat, but Jesus ain't going to tolerate that. And if it's the body, then it's got to be evacuated. You know in your Bible that even goats and sheep start coexisting. Yes? But it's not always going to be this way, praise the Lord, because the day's coming when the tares and wheat, are going to be separated and the sheep are going to be divided among the goats. We're cool with that, right? God, divide the sheep and the goats. Divide the sheep and the goats. And I want to be in the sheep line. Right? You're in Matthew 13. Don't turn. But Matthew 25 says, all the nations will be gathered together before him. Oh, I was just... Picture this, please. All of the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. God started with division. He's ending this thing with division. Dividing. Dividing. He's going to once again divide light from darkness, spiritually speaking, and all things, all things will run to their like and kind. Yeah, what do I mean by that? When he's separating the sheep and the goat, air quotes, when he's, when he's doing it, the, 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 the goats are not going to be able to get one over on God <laughs> and slide over in the sheep line. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make eye contact with him. Don't make eye contact with him. And and then just slip through. Doesn't work that way. Does not work that way. Will never work that way. Why then? Why then? Why then? Why then do we question God on everything when he's in the division process? All things will run. When, when, When... when he, God tells His son, "Go get him, go go get him, son," oh man, I, w- I can't wait. But my daddy said, I'm I'm ready to go, but I'm not getting a load up today because there's work to do. So when that day comes and the separating of the wheats and the tares and the sheep and the goat, they'll all go together with their like and kind. Tares go into the fire. Wheat go into the barns. Come on. On that day, hell will be seen as hell. And heaven will be revealed finally as the home of all who bear the nature and name of Jesus Christ. But before that even happens, there's a division. There's a division. There's a division. What am I suggesting? Am I I remotely suggesting that we just huddle together and never go into the world and make disciples? You know better than that. You know I'm not saying that. I challenged you a couple weeks ago. If you don't have some friends that aren't in the church, you're doing it wrong. We got to go. We got to tell. We got to proclaim. We got to testify. We got to witness. Amen. So, you know, I'm not saying that. But what we must do is stop getting in the way when God is dividing. We must pursue unity. And it will be our constant struggle until Jesus takes us home. But it doesn't mean that we stop pursuing it. It doesn't mean that we are part of the problem. Rather, we should be part of the solution, completely believing that God is in control and what he's doing, he's doing for the greater good, as the definition of the word itself says. we got to function as one body. we gotta, we got to be united. But when some things have to be evacuated... We, we we, we got to stop losing our mind over it, church. Right. We do. We do because what it does is it reveals our lack of trust. It reveals our lack, our lack of trust in God, our lack of trust in, in, in the, the big church, our lack of trust in the local church, our, our lack of trust in local church leaders. It, it, it calls us to just have a lack of trust because it's like, oh, no, oh, no, what's, what's happening? What's happening? God, stop questioning God. I, I, I stopped that a long time ago, man. I do not mean I don't ask God questions, but I stopped questioning Him. Right. Right. Yeah, there's a difference. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And unity is not a treasure that we go look for where we will compromise anything to receive it. I, 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 I right. Unity is not a treasure that we can just purchase at the price of compromise. We, we, we cannot do that, church. We cannot do that. It, 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 no one wins when there's a compromise. No one. You're like, oh wait, no, yeah, yeah, you, 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 you talk it through. You, 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 you tell your husbands and, and your wives, you know, to, to compromise. No, I'm, not, I'm not talking about our selfish goals. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this word. You, you cannot compromise. Unity should not be purchased at the price of compromise. Ever. Because if it is, then it is not of God to begin with. It's a treasure that is gifted to us when we become a part of God's body. And that's worth fighting for. That, that's worth standing for. Amen. Amen. See, to, to, We've all heard the the phrase to divide and conquer. To divide and conquer is the cry of anyone who wants to be right. No, I mean, like, not lose. Like, 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 like being right in a fight. Divide and conquer. That's the way, listen, that's how power struggles start. And that's how we get all of these sectors and we get all of these lines drawn because it's divide and conquer because you get people over on your side and then when you get them on your side you can now conquer because there's strength in numbers no there's strength in one and his name's Jesus and he gives us the strength we need by his grace and his mercy and we eat it up through his word so dividing and conquer that's the cry of those who want to be right. The truth is, Satan even knows how to unite and conquer. That's not our goal either. No, no, no. When we're united for the wrong reason and with misplaced goals and, 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 and misplaced standards and compromise, everyone loses. What we need in the church today What we need at Living Water is more effort to create and maintain unity without compromise. But we need to trust God. We need to be courageous. When he begins to bring healthy division, stop freaking out over it. Trust the one who created the body. I'm going to let Jesus bake your noodle. Go to Matthew 10. I I know this goes without saying, but I feel like I need to say I did not write the following words we're getting ready to read. (laughs) Matthew 10. Jesus said, Blessed are the peacekeepers. Right? Oh wait. No, no, no. Blessed are the peace. The <laughs> That's why no one ever answers me. Blessed are the peace. The maker. Makers. And sometimes to make peace. It's gotta stir up. We weren't called to make or, or, or to keep the peace. We right. were called to keep the peace. You can't find that nowhere in your Bible. Nope, 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 nope. At best, what you find is Paul saying, as best as you can, try to get along with everybody. Right. Right. That's the closest you got. Yeah. Peacemakers. Peacemakers. And, and, and we love... I'm telling you, man, uh, if 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 I know... I gotta, I got I gotta preach and get somebody like worked up. All I gotta do, man, is is do when Jesus cleared the temple. Because there's a part of that, man, that we just love that part of Jesus. I mean, I mean really, really, because it's it's like we ain't we ain't, we ain't putting it in my house to be a house of prayer. My daddy's house will be a house of prayer. You need to get out of here. Kick. Let me let me get, give me that. Give me that. Give me that whip. Jesus, what you heard what I said? And he cleared it out. Did he not? He busted open the cages and let the creatures go free so that the widows and the poor could get in and worship and, and offer their sacrifices. Well, there, there's, there's this other thing that Jesus said. That, that division's not bad. Divisiveness is bad. If the vision is bad, I I, I can't serve Jesus. Because he said this in Matthew 10. All the nation, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? I said, aren't you glad? Everyone, everyone who acknowledges me here on earth, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Verse 33. But... Everyone who denies me here on earth, I will deny before my Father in heaven. Okay? Okay, okay Jesus. Big, bold statement. Um, when he gave that and inspired that to Matthew, he probably said that in all caps. Because that that's a big statement right there. If, 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 if if you acknowledge me publicly, I, I'm going to acknowledge you, Jesus said. But listen to me. He said, if you deny me here, I'll deny you before my Father. Verse 34, don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace but a sword. Wait, what? What, 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 happened, what happened to the picture of, of Jesus with, with all the kids? And he's got a lamb on his shoulder and he's got kids crawling all over him. And he's got this smile and he's glowing. Yeah, I mean, and especially if that little light is tilted the right way. I don't know, maybe your grandma didn't have what mine did. Shine up on it and you're like, whoa, Jesus is awesome. You don't really picture him in the way he describes himself. Don't imagine I came to bring peace I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I've come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household, exclamation point. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you're not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you'll lose it. If you give up your life for me, you will find it. Those are some of the most powerful words in all of Scripture. And we read it, and we try to to rationalize it and, 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 and make it fit our paradigm. You need to hear me. The message of Jesus is a message, yes, of the peace that passes all understanding, yes. Yes, but God is also the God of division, not divisiveness. He said, I came to swing a sword. Now, you and I both know that he's talking about loyalty and allegiance. He's talking about worship. He's talking about where he is as it pertains to position in our lives. That's what he's talking about. But we can't ignore the statement that he made. I came with a sword. You don't use a sword but for one thing. We either trust him or we don't. This passage calls the Christ follower to such a radical commitment Uh, to to Jesus and Jesus alone, uh, the message itself divides. Even the message of peace divides between those who receive it and those who reject it. And the division, if you will, of these two choices explains that God knows what he's doing and we got to let him do what he does the, the, the dividing line the dividing line between those who accept Jesus and those who reject him it can run through families that that dividing line what what, what the big the big paramount message that Jesus is trying to get us to grasp hold of when he, when he talks about c- coming with a sword, is that y- you've got to be willing. Listen, listen, you've got to be willing, and I've got to be willing. He's, he's either going to be first or he ain't at all. And, and, and if you've been here long, you've heard me say, and, and, and this is why I use my life as m- m- the illustrations, because I'll use yours if you let me, but I, 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 there was a time early on in my walk with Jesus, I... Listen, I worshiped Kim. I I, I don't say that with shame. God God has forgiven me of that. But I will never forget when I had to come to an altar. And I laid, figuratively speaking, I placed Kim on the altar because Kim was before God. My my, my love for her is, is, is beyond words. You know that. She knows that. My family knows that. Don't mess with her. Because Candace will scratch your eyes out in a minute. That's not important right now. That was free advice. Heather will do it, but she'll smile the whole time. I had, to br- I had to bring Kim to an altar, and I had to bring my kids to an altar. I didn't have to bring my job. I didn't have to bring my bank account. I don't worry about that stuff. I really I probably should worry about it more than I do. I don't, I don't, I don't worry about it. I don't worry about it. I just don't worry about it. But I was convicted that I had elevated my family to a position Jesus had to divide that. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and, and that's what he's getting at here. You, you, listen, I, if I have to, Jesus said, I, I will set man against man. I'll set father against son. I'll set daughter against mother. He even busts down into the in-law territory that nobody wants to go to. That's how he feels about unity. That's how he feels about oneness. That's how he feels about his body. Unity is the design. Unity is the desire. Jesus created in us from the foundation of the world in our natural body, a way that what needs to be evacuated can be evacuated. And we have to consider the body when he calls us the body spiritually. And Jesus does not divide arbitrarily. He divides with division for the greater good, as we read the definition, so that it can, so that good seed can propagate, so that so that growth comes, so, so, so that the soil is not poisoned. So the soil is not poisoned. And and, and the dividing line between those who are all in and those who aren't. is the cross. Because when he talks about this in this passage, when he talks about, you think I came to bring peace, but I ain't playing second fiddle to nobody. Jesus said, I'm the king. I'm coming with a sword. I'm coming to divide. The difference, as he goes on, will be the cross. When a person in the natural picked up their cross, it was for one reason. What was that reason? To die. Well, spiritually, when a person picks up their cross, it's to die to themselves. When I die to myself, unity is not difficult. It's just not. And if you die to yourself and give Jesus the position that he deserves, that he will not share with anyone or anything, when, when you do that and you place him on his throne, unity is not hard. But we forget The ball is in our court when it comes to pursuing unity and maintaining unity, which is one of the biggest continuing struggles in the church, be it the local church or the big church, because we will not be okay with God dividing. When you picked up your cross in Jesus' day, you couldn't make a deal. There was no negotiation. There was no explaining to do. When you got that far into the process, the deal was done. So you, there was no walking backwards, laying it down, going, you know what? Now that you mention it, I yeah, yeah, I might have did that. So throw me in a dungeon somewhere, or you, or you, you know, you know what? You you don't you know understand. I've I've got a wife and I got I got like twelve kids, three kids, one kid, no kids. I but but I can't. I they need me. They need me. So just pardon. Can you just pardon me this one time? It's not how it worked. That's not how it worked. It didn't work that way with Jesus. He went to his daddy and asked his daddy if there's any other way. Oh, if there's any other way, please, please, if there's any other way. Yeah, but you couldn't negotiate. You couldn't compromise. You didn't make a deal with anyone. There was no looking back when you took up the cross. And FYI, just so I close on a note of clarity. Your cross is not whatever particular trouble you're having right now. Your, your, your cross is not the trial you're trying to endure. The cross that you pick up is what makes you die to yourself. And that elevates the body of Christ. You die to self, but you also die with resurrection into life through Everyone wants peace. I get it. But let me close with this thought. We all want peace. We all want to say, can't we all just get along? But could it be that revival will follow the sword instead? Could it be? God's beginning to divide things in your life. Please know it's not arbitrary. Please know that He didn't just roll the dice or draw a lot or pick a card. No, no. What, what He's wanting to divide out of your life is for you to live. We get that on an individual le- level, but do you understand that it's the same principle? On a corporate level. Why? Because the church is the body. The church is the body. We, we want to agree with that. But now we're not real sure if we want to agree with that. Because it means we've got to understand that Jesus came with a sword. And he'll come again. To separate the wheats and the tares and the sheep and the sheep. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, for. I thank you that your ways are higher than my ways. God, I I, I thank you so much that, that your thoughts are, are, are higher than my thoughts, God, that it is, it's not a stretch for me. I, I, I don't have to reach outside the box to grasp that you have a bigger plan for my life than I could ever make. Because you're God. We've seen you move. We've seen you prune. We've seen you plant. We've seen you fertilize and nurture. And we've seen you make things grow. But, Father, I pray you would give us clarity and a picture of the importance, just like in the natural body, the importance that some things just can't stay or it will harm. God, I pray that you would give us a burden. Like never before to pursue unity. Without compromise. I pray Lord Jesus. That in this pursuit of unity. You would bring clarity. In who I really am. And who everyone. Under the sound of my voice. I pray God you would bring clarity to them. About who they are. What they are here for. Why they are a part of your big church. And even why they are a part of this church. Bring clarity. Bring clarity in a time that is hard to understand in our lives. May we pick up the cross to die to ourselves, to our agendas, to our ways. And may we trust you completely in the name of Jesus. If you're here today, and the division that you're struggling with right now, is the vision that you know exists between you and God the Father. And you've been convicted maybe today, maybe for months about this thing that God's trying to divide out of your life. Maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's a person. Whatever it is, you've kind of wrestled with it. And you you didn't want to make anyone mad. You didn't want to hurt anyone. You didn't want to this or that. But do you understand that you're hurting God? And I don't say that to put you down or be condescending or be harsh. Listen, we've got to care more about what God thinks than what anyone else thinks. So if you're here and you know there are some things that need to be cut out, some things that need to be divided, I've said it over and over again. You've heard me pray it. You've heard me preach it, that, that, that I want God to chisel away everything in my life that doesn't look like his son. That's division. God, divide me. Divide me from those things that are not bringing you glory. If you're here and that's and that's you and that's your desire. You just want you just want prayer for that. You have my word that I don't have anybody looking, taking notes. I, I don't but I want to know how to pray for you. So if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. That your your relationship with Jesus you need to be united. Anybody else? Mm-hmm. one last question we'll pray it, it, are you able to fully trust god when things are confusing when things don't make sense are you fully willing to trust You don't have to answer that to me. You answer that to God. If you would do that in five seconds, then we'll pray. God, we lift up your name today. God, we thank you for the privilege to come into your presence through worship. And God, we thank you that we have been able to devour your word today. And God, as, as, we, as we took it in, I, I, I pray that you would begin to break it down and spread it throughout my body. Bring the life sustaining. Nutrients that are in your word. May I leave differently than I came today. But I openly confess that you're right and I'm wrong. I trust you. You are the way maker. You are when I see it and you are when I don't. I pray, Lord Jesus, that my family, my church family, would be willing to follow you. Be willing to pick up their cross. Would not be ashamed. All for the greater good. In Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Don't forget the announcements that Miss Heather gave. I look forward to seeing you on Wednesday. Have a great week.